Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast, brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Hey, what's up, everybody? I've got a quick little disclaimer. This interview that I did with Hanny, you can probably hear it in my voice, um, got a little bit of flu. So I'm going to go ahead and just apologize up front. But holy moly, talk about some good stuff. I was very excited. I've got Hanny Mora on the show today. And Hanny has a new uh, platform essentially coming out to repurpose media content. So you're in for a real treat. He is just the greatest guy ever. And uh, I, I've jumped on board for the early access to this tool, but you will be able, there's a link and you can get, it's kind of invite only right now. But anyways, I think you're going to love it. Um, again, Hanny is awesome. He is the founder of Simple Podcast Press. And I was honored to have him back on the show. So just bear with my voice. All right, guys, thanks so much. You've got a few WordPress plugins, um, and and I know we talked. Gosh, it was probably a year and a half ago. I should have pulled that up. But um, how many WordPress plugins do you have now that are they're premium plugins, and and what are they? If you could share that with the audience who's not familiar with you, yeah, for sure. Uh, right now we're at three plugins, and one's for YouTube, one is for podcasting, and one is for Facebook Live. And uh, the whole idea is to take all those content and publish them to your website automatically. And so did you have one for, bear with me and I apologize, but wasn't there one that was pulling in Blab and stuff too before the demise of Blab? Correct. Yeah. So I, I kind of took that off the list is because Blab is no longer, no, it's no longer Blab. Yeah. No, yeah. just letting people know. <laughs> yeah. You're a busy guy and you don't do your plugin business full time just yet, right? Not yet. No, it's, uh, I have a team that works with me and um, I do it as I work, I have a day job and I do this kind of on the side and uh, kind of slowly uh, scaling down my day job down to four days a week and dedicating one full day plus evenings to work on the plugins. And and the key is building a team to help you out because you you can't do everything. Oh my God. And I have to tell you your support and I, and I don't remember her name, but they're great. Anytime I've had a question or whatever. uh, So they are doing a great job for what that's worth. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. It's good to hear. So let me ask you this before we get into your new web app, which I'm crazy excited about. Um, what what are some challenges you've had with the WordPress plugin space? And and let me kind of explain this because, you know, having <laughs> – I dipped my toes in that years ago. Of course, I'm not a developer. But the pricing element can be tricky in terms of pricing, support, all of that because WordPress is open source and you end up with a lot of people who maybe don't want to spend the money. So – what are some challenges you faced in in scaling that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, pricing is kind of the, the trickiest part of WordPress because, like you said, people are used to free plugins, and there's a ton of free plugins. Um, but um, the way I kind of priced all my plugins, and slowly I'm starting to level them up. And what I mean by that is, you know, we started very low, and we've increased the price based on the value that it delivers. But the thing about these plugins is they continue to do, deliver value. Like It's not like a plugin that kind of sits there and, it's idle. It's always and kind of fetching new videos, fetching new podcasts or new Facebook Live videos and posting to your site. So it's always doing something. So the more content you publish, the more value you get out of the plugins. Um, so as a pricing, I mean, I've always been tempted to charge a monthly fee for a plugin, but 
just from my personal experience and also just from researching uh, other plugins out there, it's difficult. It's, it's not People are not accustomed to paying monthly for just a WordPress plugin. Well, yeah, and like you said, even if they're using it, I mean, I use Simple Podcast Press every single week, so yeah. I, I would pay for it, but but I don't think that that is the the norm in this space. Exactly, and so I mean, a lot a lot of plugins now they kind of have a split. They got a, like almost like their own server, their own kind of um, server doing a lot of the work, and then a plugin is more like the interface, the connection to it. So people might pay for the service, like like a monthly for that kind of plugin that has a kind of a back end to it, but it, you know, plugin I guess just installed on your own site. Most people won't put, won't pay uh, monthly. Uh, so basically, we priced it. We priced it yearly, and um, the first year you're paying for the plugin, and then the second year you're really paying for all the updates and support. Uh, and we continuously update the plugins, sometimes a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the 2.0 for Simple Podcast Press was beautiful. It yeah, just it looks you. fantastic. You guys did a great job. So congratulations. Did that okay. did you guys see some um uptick in that when you did the new player? Yeah, it's interesting because um I mean I mean this is something we've been talking about. Customers have been asking for it for a long time. because uh, there's other players out there that look a little more modern, a little fancier. So we knew we had to do it. And then once we just committed to it, we got it done. The feedback has been awesome. But also what's interesting, which it makes sense, but I didn't think of it when I did, is a lot of people uh, decided to renew to get the 2.0 update. And because the way our licensing works, you don't need, you're not, you're not forced to renew. If you're happy with the version you have, you don't need to pay the yearly fee. Um, but if you want to keep getting all the updates and all the support, then you got to pay the, f- the fee after your first year. So a lot of people to get the 2.0, um, you know, they saw the value in it and they, uh, they paid the uh, renewal, they upgraded their license for another year. So that was, that was kind of, I didn't think of it that way, but that helped for sure. That's awesome. Well, the other thing is, if isn't there a possibility if you don't pay for the renewal with the updates that it's not going to, I mean, obviously you're keeping the plugin up to date with WordPress, right? So that it's completely compatible. Right. With the, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's just, again, your plugins are priced. So there's so much that goes into this. And again, not being a developer, but, mm-hmm. but documentation and support and communication with your audience and you know and you've got private facebook groups for your plugins and there's a lot of questions that happen in those too <laughs> yeah yeah it's a lot of work um but like honestly like it's we actually we even offer a discount like it's a 25 percent off so you it's right now that the podcast one the facebook live are at 67 dollars and then you get a 25 percent off that when you renew every year automatically so it's like you said it's not expensive um, the definitely value in keeping your plugin up to date, just like you keep your WordPress up to date. I highly recommend you keep your plugins up to date and just to support. And it just helps kind of cover the cost for support and, and the development team as well. Well, yeah. And you know, it's like, I, one of my <laughs> favorite things to do in this space is try to, you know, compare it to something offline. Like if I had a brick and mortar business, I would have to keep things up to date. And I mean, there's so many external charges and expenses in a brick and mortar business that you just have to pay and don't necessarily return the value period, right? Like you may not even get a return on that. It's just stuff you have to pay for. And off the top of my head, I can't think of anything specifically, but I had a, um, God, 98 to 2000, I had a brick, like a scrapbook store. Which okay. you got to sell a lot of stickers and paper to be super profitable, right? But the point yeah. is, I mean, you've got cam charges, you've got all these things. And, and so it's, it's fascinating to me that this space that people just, 
get so bugged with with fees or or costs. And I'm like, there are people making these products for you. Yeah, yeah. There's people behind, people supporting it, people developing it, and um, yeah. I mean, you're paying. It's kind of like you're paying for for you. At least, at least you know you're getting updates, you're getting support, and you're getting a plugin that's not kind of sitting there idle. Exactly, exactly. You want to put your best foot forward. So, all right. So all that WordPress stuff. I am crazy excited to talk to you about repurpose.io. So, yes. but before we go too deep into it, because I think I'm going to go 12 ways sideways, so bear with me. But uh-huh. what made you decide to do a web app as opposed to a WordPress plugin for that? Um, because the, the, the whole premise of, the, of the, the, the tool that we're building, it's it doesn't suit itself as a WordPress plugin. Um, there's going to be way too much overhead, like processing overhead. So it, it didn't make sense to be a plugin. Mm-hmm. That's one reason. Another reason is not everybody's using WordPress. I mean, I love WordPress. I recommend it to everybody. But in the podcasting space or in the content creation space, WordPress is very popular, but there are other platforms out there. So I wanted to make sure that those people still get value as well. So kind of reach a, reach a broader audience as well. So those are my two main reasons. And then also kind of the the, the plus and the minus of going to a web app is, um, you know, pricing. You got to really think about pricing because there's a lot, even even more overhead in terms of running your own servers. And uh, the development team is more expensive as well to develop a web app. So some challenges there and new territory for me in terms of pricing, but I'm loving it so far. And so far it's, it's going well. Well, it's funny because um, I you had responded to an email I sent out about a web app I'm partnering on, right. and obviously I'm not developing it, but I'm going to do content marketing, and it was it was from something that I just felt I cannot believe this is not out there, mm-hmm. but it's been fascinating to learn about when you start looking at these different pricing models because I think a lot of people probably think you know so many people. Here's a great example: I have a, a local client. And I recommend CoSchedule to everybody. I use it fanatically and it just keeps getting better. And I'm like, you know, this is the best way to repurpose your content, schedule it, blah, blah, blah. And, and one of the gals said, you know, she said, Oh, well, the, the, the owner, the kind of the money guy is like, he hates the monthly fees. <laughs> and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. but there's costs. And so to, to all these recurring things to understand that every time something, happens with the servers like there's a cost there like and i don't know if i'm using the right terminology but you know every call to the server is a cost and so when you start looking at you know things that show a form or show this or do this x amount of views or whatever it's like there is real tangible money involved in that yeah yeah exactly that's something i'm I'm, i mean i I knew about getting into the web app space um it's kind of makes the wordpress space a lot easier because your your the plugin is running on on your site the customer's site so yeah, it's definitely a different way of thinking, and the pricing is going to be a little trickier. Um, but the whole experience is great. I, I'm ready for it. I mean, I think I might have hinted at this software almost a year ago, and I we had a quick chat about something, and I'm, I kind of mentioned it to you. And so I'm so glad it's coming to life now. Uh, this is um, basically six months. After, I seem to have almost like a six month pattern. I'm just looking at my history here. When I launch plugins, I launch things or I get excited about a new idea and I build, I get it built in about six month intervals. <laughs> well, I mean, again, you've got a full time job and not to mention you have two young kids, right? I mean, you've got a family yeah. that also wants to see you and spend time with of you. Course. So, okay. So can you explain to everybody what repurpose.io is? 
Yeah. So with the plugins, the idea is to take all your content, meaning your podcasts, your YouTube videos, your Facebook live videos and push, pushing them down to your website, meaning like create a post on your website, embed the video or the podcast automatically with repurpose.io. We're going across channels. So we're distributing your content across different channels in different uh, formats um, automatically for you. So meaning, for example, if you have a podcast, as every time you publish a new episode, you can have it convert that to a, a video uh, using your, the image in your in your podcast feed. Make a video out of it. Push that to YouTube automatically. Uh, if you do Facebook Lives, you can have those con- uh, con- converted to audio and sent to maybe a Dropbox or a Google Drive. Or you can push them to YouTube as a video. So it's cr- it's distributing your your content, converting it, and distributing it for you automatically across different platforms. Which is huge. I am such a fan and it's fun because I've, I've always liked to take a, whether it's a written post and, uh, you know, I can put it into a PDF. There's so many different ways to repurpose the content, but mm-hmm. with media, there's, it feels a little bit overwhelming. And there was a, a tool that I had found to do that, but I wasn't diligent about it in terms of sending the podcast, um, as a video. But let me mm-hmm. ask you this. Are there's, is there going to be, and I apologize for everybody listening. I did. Hanny had a webinar before Christmas and I jumped in right away. We'll get access next, next month, but mm-hmm. I don't remember. Is it, or am I going to be able to set up, um, how do I want to explain this automation so that it's done automatically every time the feed pulls it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's the whole key. I'm a big automation freak. <laughs> I love to automate things. So you can set it up so that it, every time you publish a new episode to Libsyn or whatever you, whoever you host your podcast, it will it will start working and convert that to a video, and you can set it up so it takes your all your existing episodes as well. So you can have your history as well, like all your existing episodes. It'll all get converted, kind of. They'll be in a queue, so it won't happen instantly. <laughs> so you don't throw like a hundred <laughs> hundred videos into YouTube at one time. Exactly. Yeah, they'll kind of happen uh, as you know, as when whenever you're in a queue. So you can decide, and the beauty is you set the rules, so you don't need to. If you don't like going to to Facebook, uh, sorry, you don't like going to uh, to YouTube, you want uh, your Facebook Live just to be converted to an audio. So you kind of set almost like this app called If This Then That, mm-hmm. or Same kind of principle. You you create these rules, and based on a certain action, you tell it what you want it to do. You know, upload it to here or convert it to this format, and then send it here. So you tell it what to do, and uh, you can go in manually and do every episode. Like literally hit a button, say publish this one, don't publish this one, publish this one. Or you can just say turn on the auto button and let it do all your episodes. Holy moly. So I think probably like setting up the rules for a weekly, like a weekly podcast like this, I would just set it to go. But then pulling in all the other ones, I probably need to go schedule that. Yeah, you probably want to go back and schedule those. Or you can just let them go and just kind of build your library in the background. Um, so yeah, I don't, yeah, kind of, we're getting, we got a few people signed up, uh, as early founders, about 21 people signed up. So we're going to kind of roll this out slowly and make sure that we don't crash any server, (laughs) (laughs) but basically the people who put her, put their hands up first, like you were one of the people to put your hands up first and, uh, going to get access starting in February. So tell me, so let the listeners know what what platforms this is going to be applicable to and, or I don't, I don't want to use recipes. I know that's if this and that, mm-hmm. but what are some of the roles that you're going to be able to set up? 
Yeah, so right now, the, the common ones, based on feedback, is people want to convert their podcasts into videos mm-hmm. and, and push them to YouTube. And then people want to take their Facebook lives, whoever's doing Facebook lives, which is really, really popular now. I see almost everybody I know on Facebook live converting those. Yeah, sorry, pushing those to YouTube as well automatically. So you're building another channel of content without doing any extra work on nice. YouTube. And obviously YouTube is a very popular search engine as well. Um, and then um, we have Facebook live to audio. So right now, let's say you do a Facebook live and you want to turn that into a podcast episode. It will show up in your Dropbox and you can send the link to your editor and they can add an intro, outro and, and publish as a podcast. So right now it's, it's starting very focused on what the users need. And mm-hmm. that's the, the podcast, the podcast, to video and Facebook live to YouTube and also Facebook live to Dropbox. And, um, we have a lot of ideas. Like we have a big backlog of things that we're working on. But basically, my goal is to get the feedback from the 21 uh, early founders who signed up in the beginning, kind of see what what should we focus on next. And as we grow, uh, we keep adding these connections and destinations, kind of where you want to send your data and where you want your data to come from. So focusing on on podcasts and uh, and Facebook Lives as your main inputs right now. That is awesome. I keep joking around. I'm like, I know I need to do Facebook Live. I know I need to. It's just then, then I have to like get get ready, like do my hair. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, people yeah. are gonna listen to this and they're like, you are such a sloth. Um, okay, so let let's back up a little bit then, because again, this is very interesting. The like, how do you decide minimum viable product version zero, right? And yeah. and because. <laughs> is an example when I have started doing this with my partner and they're all the developers and whatnot, but um, I'm like, here's my wish list. He's all, that's not a version zero. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I struggle with that all the time. I want to do this and I have this big vision in my head. It's all documented like this, this connection, this, this, we're going to do this. And, but I said, you know what? Like, let's, let's see if people want it. Like just like any product or service, you want to see if people are, want this is it a need and if they're willing to pay for it before you invest a lot of time and money into it well was this the first time you've launched something done a um like a founder price before it was accessible um okay i'll I'll be honest here this is the first time i did it on purpose (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome it's a funny story i'll be honest where it's 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 all good Uh, when i launched my facebook plugin um, I was doing it with a with an affiliate with a good friend of mine, and he had good audience, and and I committed to a date, and then he never got back to me, so I, I thought maybe he was flexible on that date, and then apparently he already emailed everybody saying, okay, it's gonna be ready on this date. We're doing a webinar, and I panicked because the night before I'm like, I don't think it's gonna be ready, so <laughs> it was off by a couple of days. So we did pre-sell it, and we delivered a couple of days later. Oh, it was kind of an accident. It didn't mean to do it that way. Yeah. But but this is the first true first time which I wanted to kind of get some validation if this is something I should continue pursuing because I've already invested quite a bit of money and, and time and effort and I want to see if we should continue with it or or put it on hold and uh, pursue something else. So getting people to kind of put their hands up and and commit and pay. I think the deal we had, I had a I had a good deal <laughs> for the early founders. So, but you guys took up, you got a really good deal. And also, like, I appreciate that. I mean, telling me that you guys are interested in this and we'll keep, we'll keep building it. 
Well, yeah. And I mean, and some of the extras, it, it, to me, it was no brainer. I need to do it anyways. But obviously you needed to be able to show us the dashboard, show us what it's going to do. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so let's go back a little bit to some of the features. Like what made you decide? Like, is there a stopping point or is it, and bear with me, but is it more of a technical element in terms of, okay, what is the reality that this is going to take longer to get this added as a feature versus this? Um, you know, how did you go about deciding what's going to be in version zero or the MVP? Yeah, the MVP was, I want to show, I mean, when I actually had, I've had a landing page for open about kind of hinting about this product think probably close to a year ago and it was just that was just an idea i said hey people are asking how do i get my podcasts it was basically podcast to youtube that was the biggest question podcasters had and my biggest audience is part podcasters from my simple podcast press mm-hmm. plugin so just kept coming up in the facebook groups over and over how do i do this what's an easy way of doing this how can i automate this um so i thought okay let me kind of build some find if it's feasible and i you know figured out how to do it it's doable. And then I kind of put a landing page up and just to gauge interest and I had about over a few months, about 30, 40 people sign up and I'm like, okay, this is good. And then they started emailing me. When is this ready? <laughs> I want this. I want this. Hey, it was like a big tease. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh man, like I, I mean, I do plan on building it. I just wanted to kind of gauge if that was an interest or not. Anyway, so that was one thing. And then I just, I just thought that wasn't enough. Like just building an app that solves one that does one thing to me wasn't I couldn't justify like in my mind I wanted to build a platform I didn't want to build an app I wanted to build a platform and then Facebook Live came out and a lot of people are like oh I want to get my Facebook Lives on YouTube how do I do that if I re- do my recordings on my laptop and it's just it's easier if you do it on your phone but if you don't do it on your phone it's not it's not automatic and it's not that simple you, I mean you got to upload to YouTube you got to do it manually anyway so kind of I picked the two things that. I kept hearing over and over again, like uh, podcasts, they want to get them to different channels. And YouTube is one of the ones that takes the most takes the most time. Like you have to create a video. It's not just simply upload into YouTube. You have to actually make a video. So, yeah, I picked the two things that that I thought were well, from based, based on what I heard from customers from Facebook group, just kind of hang around there and and focus on those two. And I mean, I have a lot of ideas that I like I have a huge list of things, but. It's not about me, right? <laughs> it's about what uh, what the user, what you guys want um, to what you, what you want more urgently. I've done surveys as well. I have survey when you opted into that email list for the early notification. There was a survey at the end of it uh, on the thank you page. I should say there was a survey there asking you a couple questions. One of them being, "What's your next? What platforms do you want to see next?" So I'm going to use this opportunity to gain feedback and then also talk one-on-one like with all the early founders. We have one hour call together, sit down, we walk through the app and kind of learn what's what your goals are and what you want to see automated. So what are, it's funny because as you're saying that, I'm like, well, where else would I like, what are some other options in terms of repurposing some of the, yeah. the audio or video content? Yeah. I mean, one thing I really, like I, I've had this idea, but I also seen, I've actually had a few, few people ask me is, I want, they want, people want to use Facebook Live as a podcasting platform in the sense that they want to record their episodes and they want to go, they want it to go directly to Libsyn. Oh. Directly published as a podcast without having to download it and then convert it to an audio and, and then add an intro, outro. So kind of hooking, talking to podcast services like Libsyn, for example, and see if 
way we can automate that step. I know there is a way to automate it. So that's kind of one thing on our list is to investigate that. Um, maybe doing little snippets on Twitter, like little teasers of little video clips that can go get actually uploaded to Twitter as nice. well. Um, I'm trying to think top of my head. Um, basically, like you want to get your, your content out there. So getting it to Facebook as well, like getting a little video snippet of your, uh, of your podcast as a, maybe as a little video with a little picture on it and that gets sent to Facebook as well. So people can listen. But the key to all this is there's always going to be a link, whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, back to your website. But to me, that's very important. You Absolutely. You wanna, so it's not just consume the content there. It's more of a teaser. And then you say, hey, you want to listen to the full episode? You want to learn more? You know, click here. So all the, all the, the destination, all the outputs that get published on different platforms will have links back to your website. You know, I'm sitting here thinking because I've thought about doing a podcast with Facebook Live. Mind you, I haven't done live yet, but and I keep thinking I would be distracted (laughs) in terms. Right. You know, that's my personally, that's my (laughs) only concern. And I had done a couple periscopes way back when. And it's a little distracting to see questions. So I I don't know. And then I I always I kind of wonder, like, well, how will that translate to audio? If I'm, if I'm talking to people that are on the live and then you're listening to it, it's like, get to the point. <laughs> yeah, true. That could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the beauty of it is it's set up to kind of have these inputs and these outputs. And then you can kind of decide based on your strategy, what kind of podcast you're doing, uh, what kind of content you're creating. So it's, it's, it, it lets you be in control. So it won't obviously send everything to everywhere. You decide which ones you want and what kind of format you want it in. Well, at the end of the day, you just need to test it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's actually, that's a great point. Because what we're going to do is we're going to include stats as well. So we're going to kind of pull in your stats from the YouTube video and from the other videos as well and say, okay, here's, here's how many people listen, uh, watch that video on YouTube. Maybe nobody, maybe nobody listens to it. Maybe a lot of people. So we're going to try to pull in all this data for you on your dashboard so that you can see what's working, what's not working. So that brings me again, I don't remember because you totally showed us a demo, but to in terms of YouTube, because, you know, tagging it and having the right description and there's little elements that you can that are important to video. So will some of that be able to be done through repurpose.io? Yeah, it's going to depend. Right now, it's, it's fully automatic, fully hands free, meaning that it's going to pull all the data title the description if you have tags like some podcast hosting that you put keywords mm-hmm. in your episodes so it's going to pull all the information from your podcast feed so whatever whatever you have in there if you have the keywords in there they will get um, added as keywords you can choose playlists if you want to upload maybe have a particular playlist on your youtube channel just for your podcasts you can set that up as well so initially it's going to be fully automated and then we're going to have options where if you want to let's say manually publish an episode and tweak the description or, or maybe add your own keywords and we'll, we'll provide that as well. But initially just initially the concept is fully, fully automated. You don't even need to log in to repurpose.io. You configure it and you just continue doing your thing. That was, that's the whole, that's the premise of the, of the uh, software. But of course people want to customize and tweak and we're going to support that as well. But that's awesome, though, that you don't have to log in. It's all going to be done based on feeds, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. You set it up, you connect your feed, you tell it where you want it to go, and that's it. And then you continue your business. It's not meant to add any extra work for you. you go, once you do it once, once you set it up once, 
you just keep doing what you're doing. You keep publishing your episode, you keep doing your Facebook lives, and that data, that content will get distributed automatically. Well, and at the end of the day, you can still manually log into YouTube if you wanted to go mm-hmm. to look at something or, you know, there's different uh, YouTube tools out there where you can look at competitors, keyword, like you can go play with it. It's just, but what I love about this is the automation piece. It was funny. I was talking to a friend, I don't know, before the end of the year and was saying, automation has got to be key for me because so much of what I do is so manual yeah. that you you got to get those those uh, set up. And especially with content, I think people get overwhelmed with how am I supposed to create all this content and be everywhere? I mean, and personally, I'm like, you can't necessarily be everywhere. Pick pick where you're best and, yeah. and go full in there. Yeah, absolutely. And then with content, you need some tools as well. Like you need a tool to take an audio and make it into a video. You need a tool. I mean, there's a lot. There's a couple of free options out there. Um, you also need to have internet bandwidth. So you need to like upload, you know, constantly uploading and downloading. So it's it's consuming your resources on your computer. It's consuming your time. So the idea is nothing nothing touch lands on your computer. <laughs> it just goes straight from Facebook to our servers, uh, gets converted, gets published to YouTube. So nothing nothing's coming down and up. You're not downloading anything. So if you have limits of internet uh, bandwidth or speed issues just no problem like you just tell it what to do and our nothing comes down to your computer so it's 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 a huge saver that way as well time saver oh my god that's huge i just had comcast come back out i'm like you know i'm paying for 200 megabits down and i'm like i'm getting like 35 this is not okay um yeah so let's talk a little bit about you know working with some of these other platforms so because you have to then I'm guessing with APIs and whatnot, connect to what, what other platforms do you have to connect to? So you've got how many different podcast hosts? Well, the beauty is podcast is a feed and the feed is, is standardized. So you're just pulling so, the feed from the site. We're pulling the feed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're not, which is, which is great. We, we do the same thing with simple podcast press because that way we support every, every single feed with any podcast. You're not tied to any podcasting platform. So Libsyn, Spreaker, PowerPress, you can do your own feed manually. Whatever you do for your feed, as long as it's a properly formatted feed, we'll support it. But then with, so with Facebook Live, is that, because again, I haven't done that. How does that work to pull that in? Yeah, so Facebook Live, yeah. So basically, that's a great question. So when, when the app, when you set the app up, the first thing you got to do is kind of connect these channels. So you be, basically, what you're, when you connect, you're giving authorization. You're telling, I'm giving you know, repurpose.io access read only access to all my videos on facebook you say connect with facebook you say approve and then it it lets you then it gives access to the app to read all your videos you can't write anything it won't publish on your behalf it just reads your video it's all done through standard um facebook authentication so you don't have to put your password or anything like that it's all done through like a connect button just like we do with our plugin just like you do when you log into some apps and Mm -hmm. connect with facebook and then RSS feed, you, you add that RSS feed, um, Google Drive, Dropbox, you kind of same kind of idea. You kind of connect those. You you authorize it to allow uh, access to like allow the app to access your your stuff, and then uh, you're good to go. And then you set the rules. So it's a one time connection, one time rule setting, and then uh, if you don't want to, you don't even need to log in anymore. It just kind of happens automatically. That is so awesome. I mean, you'll probably want to log in to look at some data. <laughs> Of course, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I saying, but like, what a bonus, yeah. If you want to really be hands-free, obviously you want to check, make sure things are working. But <laughs> but I mean, you know, once it's up and running, then you don't need to, you know, you don't need to see anything. But 
we do we are going to build a dashboard for stats which i'm I'm excited about because you want to know i'm pushing a video to twitter or to youtube is anybody watching it there uh, are they you know what's going on there so you know stats are very important yeah. And again, it's like, it's funny with the stats. As I say that to people, everybody gets like, Oh, do I have to log into Google search console? It's like, just no, you don't need to become an analytics ninja. You just need to know where you're at and if it's working. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just, just basic stuff. Is anyone watching it? Um, you know, are they, maybe, maybe they're not watching past the first 30 seconds. So you can learn a lot by, by stats, but obviously you can get, you can get really caught up in stats and then get confuse yourself as a little bit as well. So you gotta be a little bit careful. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit. How was this different for you in terms of building a web app versus a plugin? Oh, it's it's a whole new ball game. Um with the plugins, I was we do I do, do have a person I work with and I you know I'm pretty heavily involved in the code uh for the plugins. And I can support things, I can add new features. Uh, so it's just kinda like easier that way, but it also a bit of a distraction because I'm, you know, I'm trying to focus more on the marketing and and growing the products. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't really be in the code. <laughs> yeah, I keep telling myself, but you know, I, I like I like solving problems. It's kind of my nature. So, but with this app, it's I mean, I could get in the code if I really wanted to, but I've made a, a decision not to. And uh, so I have the team is they're responsible for the code. I you know, I drive direction where we're going, what we're adding. So I'm a lot more hands-off on the code, but I'm going to be a lot more hands-on with customers, which to me is is the fun part. I mean, I like coding, I like produce, I like seeing things created, but you know, I'm not I don't I don't consider myself a a, a coder. I mean, I could develop code, but um I'm more like kind of the architect, but also the person who who talks to the customers. Like I love hearing what people are doing with the product or want to do with the product so we can, you know, help them achieve their goals. Well, you've built a great audience with your plugins and, um, you know, to this day, I don't think I've talked to somebody who knows you and doesn't just adore you. So, so that's, that's a good thing. You've got, you've got a great tribe, so to speak. Um, so let's talk about the pricing model of this. How did you, what was the, I don't know, was there a process or did you look at other tools that were similar? Like how did you yeah. land on that? It's, it's hard. I'm sure it's going to change. <laughs> It's going to change. I'm pretty sure once we get more more users in there. But I wanted to obviously the first thing I do, and probably a lot of people do, is kind of compare similar products out there mm-hmm. and see what they charge. Um, but then, you know, you got to factor in your costs. Uh, obviously, development costs, server costs. Now you have to have backup servers in case one goes down. You don't want the whole system to shut down. So there's a lot of overhead in terms of servers as well, which I just kind of ran through. I kind of made up my own little spreadsheet there and come up with different scenarios and say, well, if we had X number of users, what's our break-even point to cover our cost? Mm-hmm. We had, if I had to drop down, to, like, well, I guess first question is how many people can we support on one server and how much does that server cost? And then I kind of I kind of play with different scenarios. I'm not sure if I've done it 100 percent correctly or not. I mean, I we won't know. But um, it's yeah, not until you launch it. <laughs> yeah, it's a learning process. Right? It's fun. It's it was a little stressful, and I was like, I need to come up with you know a nice offer for the early founders. Like, how do I price this thing? I don't, I don't like I don't like to price things. <laughs> I'm not good at it. I guess that's probably why I don't like it. Um, but I want to. I yeah, that's kind of the thing is what's out there. 
and how much they're charging for and kind of what what does this do like is there enough value that we can, that this product will deliver i mean in the beginning it's focused on a couple of workflows but like i know this is like to me i don't consider i don't call it a web app in my in my mind i call it a platform because it's it's going to be something that's going to grow to allow more connections in more outputs you know you can get your content to all different platforms as new platforms come up we can support them read data from them or send them to different uh, platforms so it's so, going to grow i'm really excited about this so it's what really gonna grow. it's well it, there's so many possibilities for it so what differentiates a web app to a platform for you um a web app i mean this is kind of my definition my web app it says okay it's kind of solving one problem like let's say let's say if i just built this app to be converting my podcast into youtube so it's been doing something very specific it takes a very clear input and output mm-hmm. and you know it's going to have settings and stuff but it's kind of very clear what the inputs and outputs this is more like uh i don't know it's like something to me in my mind it's, it's a lot bigger like you can you know I, I once we have like i can see it in a year from now or six months from now we can have it where you know it, it will just you know, let's say you have podcast reviews, you would just take them, make a video out of your podcast reviews, and publish it. So it's not just limit the content; anything to do with your content, everything surrounding that, and it's 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 going to grow with the number of platforms that gonna keep keep getting added. Like Facebook Live back in April of last year, just kind of ever since then, it's just exploded. Like everybody's using it, uh, so we would you know we add a support for that. As new things come up, as long as they they they're the, the terms allow us to access the data. We will connect it to our connect it to our platform and redistribute that content to other platforms. What about you know? It just popped in my head. What about transcripts? Will there be a way to do that? Is that yeah? Anything people so, have asked for. Yeah, people have mentioned transcripts. It came up in the uh, in the webinar a couple times. Um, there are like I don't want to recreate what's out there, but definitely want to be able to connect things. Like, there's a lot of mm-hmm. transcription services that offer like an API, like a connection point where we can, that people can use. So maybe, you know, some scenarios, if there's a need for this, we can take transcripts and, and put them as uh, closed captioning for YouTube videos, which is known to help um, search engines as well, like the YouTube search engine. So if you have a podcast and you have a transcript for it, uh, or we can get a transcribed for you, not through our app, but our app will initiate calling this third-party service and get the transcript for you. So I don't have to upload it at least. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's more like a facilitator. Mm-hmm. Like this app would be like kind of your go-to place where you, and it will help connect things together. Maybe pull the con, get your audio, get it, get it transcribed, use that data, upload to YouTube, upload the transcript to YouTube, like the, the closed captioning to YouTube as well. Those kind of things I can definitely see happening. Not right now, but definitely, definitely see happening down the road. Well, I mean, even just with what you're starting with, I mean, it's a great starting point. And, you know, I love, I like your definition of a platform. And like the only, I, I would say, because I'm a total geek about plugins and tools and stuff and apps. Mm-hmm. And like, I look at the growth of CoSchedule. That's the only company that comes to my mind mm-hmm. in terms of starting out with this. And now they just keep improving it, creating content, growing their audience. So it's, you know, I think for people that are listening in terms of an early adopter, I mean, it's it's kind of a golden opportunity. And I don't know in terms of pricing with like grandfathering people in or how you're going to do that. But um, to get to, to be a customer and grow the company is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. And you get you get a chance to like 
tell us what you want like early on right <laughs> once it, once they have a lot of hundreds of users on then it's going to be very difficult to to get all this feedback but if you're one of the early founders and say hey this is what i need and then i we hear this from other customers here's what i need then it'd be a lot easier to to have an influence on where the product goes have you had any requests that you just thought oh my gosh i never thought of that or it was kind of odd <laughs> Not that you can call anybody uh, out, but I'm like, we can have a little fun. Like, oh, uh, nope, we're yeah, not going to be doing that. <laughs> specific things, which in my mind didn't quite fit with uh, my initial idea of repurpose. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like someone had a problem and they want to, it's almost very applicable to their scenario. Yeah. Like have a Facebook group, and so they have a Facebook page and they have a personal page and they wanted to kind of uh, broadcast from their Facebook page, but uh, but announce it to their personal profile, something something specific to them, which I, I always listen to all the ideas. I, I add them all to my Trello board. I use Trello um, to kind of keep track of ideas. And no idea is a crazy idea. I always add it there because it's so, because sometimes you, you know, a few months later, somebody will ask for the same thing and they go, oh, wait a second. Hey, this is the second time I'm hearing this. Mm-hmm. Even though in my mind, I'm like, well, maybe this is very specific to one person, but that's not always the case. So I, I, I do take all ideas and I put them down on Trello. A lot of them kind of get buried if they you know, come up over and over again. But if, if I do hear it again, I was like, oh, wait a second. I heard it before. <laughs> yeah. So, but, it, you know, but it's really interesting with Simple Podcast Press. My initial idea was really an automation tool. And then what customers told me is they love the automation tool, but they want, they love the podcast. They, they need a podcast player. So even though it didn't quite, even though it does both now, like initially it wasn't meant to be really a podcast player. It wasn't, that wasn't the main focus. It was a really? player. It was the secondary part of it. It was just, okay, we're obviously publishing your episodes to your website, but obviously we need a player. So we put a very, you know, basic player, but the email opt-in and the buttons were the main focus. And then over time, it's like, well, I like to use it just as a player. So that's why the 2.0, which like was a big splash because it was finally got the automation and then now they got the player. So my point is like my initial idea is going to, it's not up to me. Like I, I kind of bring it to the customers and the customers will help shape the product. And that's what happened with simple podcast press. And that can happen as well with repurpose for sure. Which, which is the smartest way to do it. I, I had done a survey to my audience recently and I had been thinking about doing like a podcast course and <laughs> it was like the least thing that anybody asked for. Mind you, they all wanted to grow their audience Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's how you grow your audience. <laughs> is, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, for me, it's been great, but it's, it, it's one of those things that it's really important. I mean, obviously, you knew people wanted this tool. Um, you know, cause there's not, I don't, I know there's one, you know, YouTube tool out there, but really there's, is there another, t- you don't need to give names, but like, mm-hmm. I, w- I don't know that there is another tool that repurposes stuff the way you're doing it. Yeah. There's, I mean, you know, I'll be totally upfront. Like some of the, some of the podcast hosting, they offer some, some of the, some of these services, like they will, some of them, like it's the lips and the speaker offer options to publish to different destinations, but it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't do it in the way I envision it done. Mm -hmm. Like with the focus being drawing the attention back to your website and being completely hands-free and incorporating other platforms, not just the podcasts, like the Facebook live and maybe like, I don't know, but Snapchat, but other services, things will keep coming up. Mm-hmm. It will keep integrating, not only as a way to spread your podcast, but also if you're producing content on a different platform, pull that in and then transform it into something else. And then 
upload it to that content, uh, upload to that channel as well. You know, it's funny you say that, sorry, you say that though. I'm like, I've been with Libsyn for a while and, and I never, they're not communicating with, they're a great host, but I'm like, they're not letting people know all the features and stuff. They do. They're not big content marketers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, what they have is like a, kind of a subset of what, what I, I see as part of this, as part of this product as well. So mm-hmm. there's going to be overlap. There's going to be other, others out there that do similar things, but kind of my vision is this, this not podcast distribution, but kind of your content distribution and content converting. And uh, we're going to give you a lot more flexibility as well in terms of different templates for the way you video your podcast look on YouTube, maybe even upload your own template if you wanted to. So there's a lot of options there that I see. Well, I see them in my head and they're written down <laughs> on a Trello board. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's really exciting. Like I, I see a lot of potential with this platform and I, I'm, I'm excited to try something new. I mean, the WordPress plugins and the beauty is this is very complementary to what customers are, are existing customers with the plugins are you are used to is they're used to automation and but it's going from their uh, media host to to wordpress now or you know you still get you still have the plugins and then you also get cross cross platform distribution so you get kind of best of both worlds well, yeah, I mean, it's just, and it's, so it's great. You've already got a, a customer base built in that is using this. And now you're saying, here's how you can take it further. Um, yeah. in, in terms of, you know, content marketing, uh, you, I keep bringing up co-schedule because they've just done a great job with content marketing, but you know, how are you? Cause you said, so you're more the architect with this and you are not getting in the code. Mm-hmm. So are you approaching the launch and marketing and, you know, the 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 content piece of the the platform <laughs> are you approaching that differently than you have with the plugins yeah i i, I do i will I, I plan on it for sure because i i'm gonna have a little more time because i'm gonna be my hands are gonna be away from the code but also is is this something that's like i don't want to say needs education but it can just producing more content out there and people can can definitely appreciate the value of it more Mm-hmm. Uh, and just kind of reading about it or seeing a single webinar about it. So it's kind of thing where you want to see, uh, especially as it's growing, as it's, as we add these different, uh, different automations, I can do things for you, distribute your content for you in different ways and people will appreciate that. So definitely going to do that. I've talked about doing a podcast way back when I launched the <laughs> podcast press. I still don't have one. It's been uh, what two and a half years now, three years, no, two and a half years, and um, being realistic, I've done a couple. I've done a lot of interviews, and interviews are easy as the guest because you just talk and you don't do any editing. <laughs> but I've actually had to do, uh, not had to. I've I've done an episode where I was a, a teaching episode where I taught a lesson, and uh, even though it was only about ten minutes long, it took me like I think over an hour, an hour and a half to kind of get it nailed, get the script nailed and then edit it and everything. And I was like, wow, I'd love to do this, but realistically I, I need to focus on like, I, I enjoy the, the architecting, the software creation, but also I'm going to enjoy creating, you know, I'm more of a video guy. It's funny. I don't know why I, <laughs> like video. <laughs> I find it easier to edit video and, and create videos uh, compared to audios, but yeah, definitely. Sorry. Just long answer to your question, but yeah, definitely doing more content about this product, about just education and about repurposing your content. 
whether you want to do it manually or using this tool. Well, yeah, I would think, God, you'll probably end up with a bunch of customer case studies that you can, this is how this person did this. And this is how this person did this. And, um, just because I am a fanatic about content, it's funny. I've gone old school and my audience is probably so tired of me talking about fundamentals, but just gone, I don't want to say backwards, but back to sort of core direct response marketing principles. Um, whether it's consistent emailing, emailing, uh, content creation, communication, like just some of the basics. And then you layer, you, you master that and then you layer on different strategies that work really well. I mean, and with this, I mean, clearly Facebook live is, is just going to be, it just keeps getting bigger. I'm like, I'm going to have to do this. Yeah. I think, uh, everybody's kind of dipping their toes in Facebook live because they see, cause Facebook does a great job of showing you. Uh, all your friends that are doing Facebook Live. And then you're like, man, definitely a powerful strategy to add. You got to be careful, right? You don't want to commit to something and then uh, drop it. You don't want to commit to something that takes a lot of your time. So you got to see where it fits, where it makes sense. And, uh, you know, and give it and give it a go. Like, I'm going to do the same. Like, I, I, like my, actually, one of my goals before I launched this software was I knew I was building this. And I thought, hey, maybe I can use this tool to finally launch my podcast. I would do everything on Facebook Live and it will just, be a podcast and then I don't have to do any work. <laughs> so I was like, okay, if I could, if I can do that, I'll be a good case study as for myself as a person who doesn't have a lot of time to do a lot of editing. And, you know, I want to create the content one. So yeah, I'm going to be creative, like use my tools to showcase what they can do and use it as an education tool. And, and like you said, case studies of people, what they've done, what's working, what's not working uh, for them. Well, yeah. And I think because of who you are, Hanny, it just, it makes so much sense just because like I said, Everybody loves you. You're a great guy. You create great tools and, but it's, you're very approachable. And so, you know, in sharing why you're doing this or why you've selected this feature, um, is just that much more endearing <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. I appreciate that. I want to, I, I want to be more out there. Like I'm a very approachable via email, Facebook messages. People message me all the time and email me and I like, I like it. Like it's fun, but I want to be. Like I want to be more out there in a the sense of having more content out there. Yeah, I used to blog back in 2009. I had a video blog, and uh, that kind of slowly kind of stopped because I was I got into software. But I like I like that. I like being out there and, and I don't want to say teaching, but sharing, like sharing my experiences, sharing stuff that I know, tools, you know, my tools, other tools, tactics, what's working. I, I like that. I, I think I'm seeing a trend. I don't know if it's something that because it's a new year, 2017. I've heard I've heard it a few different places that people are going back to creating more video content, uh, adding that to their strategy. And uh, I don't think it can be avoided at this point. You know, like yeah. I, and I used to do a lot of how to do this with WordPress, how to do that, and. It, it's not that I don't want to do, it's just that's kind of, I, I'm more interested in the marketing side of things now. And so you have to kind of put together a strategy, but I think more than anything, you know, it's like, I've got a, a friend of mine that is just does not really like writing. She does a great job with it, but she loves Facebook live. And so she has found someone on Fiverr to do the transcripts and she's got the post, right? And, and mm. I think she jumped in to repurpose.io too. She was on the webinar, but so there's, right. there's different ways to do that. And so, you know, for people listening, whether you do Facebook live or you do podcasts, there's a lot of ways to use this platform with stuff you've already done. Or, you know, I, I just think it's like get creative and see what sticks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You got to try it out. And then the whole idea is not to add 
the purpose of this the purpose of this is of this platform is to not add extra work for you is to use what you have the piece of content uh, the, the video or the audio as your source and then create different forms of it and put that put it everywhere for you I say everywhere, but I mean distributed for you to different platforms. Right, right. Um, so where is uh, – now, I'm super stoked because I will get to play with this come February. Um, yeah. Where is the best place for people to essentially get on the invite list? Because it's, it's not open publicly yet, right? Right. It's not open public. So if you go to repurpose.io, uh, just on the homepage right now, depending when you're listening to this, um, for the next probably few months, it will be an invite only. So you can leave your name and email and then probably uh, there will be a webinar in a couple of weeks to kind of show it off again. And over the next few months, we'll just keep rolling people in uh, based on the invite list. So if you're interested or just want to learn more about it, um, maybe you'll get invited to a webinar. Um, yeah, go to repurpose.io. Awesome, Hanny. As always, thank you so much for being here. And I'm actually surprised that I should, I can't believe I didn't have you on sooner, <laughs> but congratulations on everything. I, I love the player, the podcast player, and I, I cannot wait to get into this. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on again. All righty. See what I mean? Um, it was fun just to get to pick his brain since I'm kind of getting in that space. Not kind of, I am going in that space now too. But again, if you want to get an invite, um, get early access to repurpose.io, simply go to repurpose.io, uh, and reach out, <clears throat> reach out to Hanny. He, he truly does love connecting with his customers and, and peers and just, uh, seeing what he can do to make his tools, platform, plugins, all of it better. So again, as always, guys, thanks so much for listening. And if you haven't, I'd love a review in iTunes. Uh, that's it. Have a fabulous week, what's left of it, and your weekend. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Thanks. <laughs>